Welcome to the season one finale of Nice Ashes. I'm Nate. And I'm Mike. What are we smoking today, Nate? We have got a fancy, fancy thing here. It's a beauty to behold, I think. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Mike's excited. This is the Placencia, not Placenta, Placencia Alma Fuerte. It's a hex-pressed cigar. Normally we get, uh, what, box press, and then what's the just the standard round is just the standard round. More Or like yeah. the hand-rolled or whatever. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so this one, they, I guess, pioneered a hex press, which is more or less a stop sign. Yes. Shape. And it's very cool. It's cool. It, it was initially designed, uh, if, I'm, if I'm quoting the uh, Tobacco Grove uh, helper correctly, it was designed to improve the lighting and the flow and everything. Uh, it's kind of like the razor blades, you know, is, is two razor blades on your cartridge enough or do you need 15? Um, you know, you've got devotees of both camps. It smells good, but I think it might be smelling my hand lotion. Or your beard oil. <laughs> or my beard oil. Uh, so, Don't have beard oil today. <laughs> so I didn't put my beard oil on either, and I've got, I got a head jump on the No Shave November. I started growing mine in October. I just trimmed it very, very slightly just to kind of even everything out. Um, I have not trimmed it. Uh, no, I did trim it in, okay. in November. I did. So full disclosure, I've smoked this before, but it was on a much warmer day than today. Uh, however, we're both live. We're in person. Um, yes, we, we can are. gaze into one another's eyes and uh, smoke on phallic things. We're on my lounge. We're in my lounge, and uh, we have the heat on full blast. It's actually quite warm. Yeah, it's a warm day for Minnesota. The yeah, it's not great, bad. the great white north, uh, which may or may not be a racist term. You look it up. You tell me the etymology. <laughs> I know another great white term that is probably, but that's okay. It's all right. Got a little backdraft there. Oh, okay. That's a good start. Yeah, it's not a not a phenomenal start. Uh, it lit fairly easily, mm-hmm. so they might be onto something with the hex press. It lit evenly. It's a larger gauge, so yeah, a larger gauge. I usually take more time to light them. It's very. I mean, it's it's a loose, um, a loose hexagon is what I would call it. From a distance, you'd never notice it. You have to have it in hand. Yeah, you have to have it in hand. I don't know that it's enough of a hexagon to prevent it from rolling away on a windy day on a patio or something. Uh, no, Possibly. it would definitely roll away. Um, draw is good. Draw is good. Starting taste is fine. Not uh, Fine, nothing, uh, nothing. So, like, I remember this cigar because I've smoked it before, but only once. And uh, I remember really, really enjoying it, not to color anybody's opinion of it and i'm coming into it with a fresh mind because i didn't remember you know like how do you remember the first few puffs of a cigar like that's not what the cigar is for it's for everything in between sure it's not about the ending either because they usually end sour yeah Uh, contrary to modern romance novels it's not about the ending it's about what happens in the middle exactly it's like a stephen king novel (laughs) yeah fuck stephen king (laughs) (laughs) I like Stephen right. King. Now look, I've got a I, yeah. Uh, Stephen King has certainly made a very prolific name for himself, and that's great. And maybe he reinvigorated the genre, and that's great. Um, he likes to get into a lot of weird supernatural things. Yes. At the very end, when he's already set up this huge like psychological like mind fuck, and then he's like, "Oh, but wait, here come like the Native Americans," and you're like, "What the fuck?" Um, and he brings in characters from other novels, like Father Callahan. It gets or really weird. It gets really fucking weird. <laughs> or and himself, like, he'll bring himself into the yeah. story randomly. Um, <laughs> but I'll say, like, so when I was in high school, I read The Stand, uh, which is weird because my parents recommended that I read The Stand, and they were very against me seeing R-rated movies in high school. Sure, like hugely against, like one hundred percent against. And there's a whole, like, the only thing I remember about The Stand is there's a scene where he's, like, jacking off and comes on his chest and lets it, like, dry and harden. Like, that's the only thing I remember about The Stand, because I haven't reread it since then. And I'm like, but at the time, like, I wasn't allowed to read or, like, watch R-rated things so I could read any book I wanted. And so that was when I was like, man, there's a whole world out there in books that don't have the same scrutiny. 
as and we've talked about films. that before. And we have talked about that yeah, before. Yeah. Uh, but I think my all-time favorite Stephen King novel is Pet Cemetery. That's the fucking like most fucked up shit ever. And he brings some Native American like burial ground stuff into it, which is fine because it fits the narrative, it fits the story, and everything fits. He doesn't pull the rug out from under you at the end with like a sudden Native American witch doctor thing. Like it's clearly there at the at the start of the book. True. Um, but that book, like the ending of that book is like one of the greatest horror endings of all time. I don't think I've read it. You you must. You I simply must. I uh the Dark Tower series is obviously my favorite. Uh we've talked about that before. Yeah. And then I like Hearts of Atlantis, which is not a horror film at all. It's yeah. like a supernatural Is that a Stephen King book? Yeah. Yeah, that was a Stephen King book. Yep. Yeah, the the movie okay. is half of the book and the other half is Okay. Like, so I know it's an Anthony Hopkins line. film, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 Are you getting Are you getting the heavy chocolate? Uh, because this is supposed yeah, to be chocolate so. and orange. Chocolate and orange, okay. and it's like I'm I'm getting you know like we're we're a couple puffs in you know like, but I'm starting to get that chocolate flavor. I'm getting the smoothness that people say is chocolate flavor. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm not getting cocoa. But I understand why they would say chocolate because of the smoothness. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very nice. Smooth. It's very nice. It's very, very nice. nice. Oh, yes. Um, and so we were talking about this right before we started is, I don't know if this is the most expensive stick we've smoked in season one. Uh, maybe. But it, the Rocky it, Patel vintages are expensive. Yeah. I got them for a very good price. But yeah. I still think I, I spent, even online, I spent a little bit of cash on them. Yeah. And these came from Tobacco Grove, and they were, I think, twenty two ninety nine or something. So about a $23 stick. They, um, we spent the most on them per stick, but I'm not sure if you went to a... Yeah. I mean, it depends yeah. on where you source them and where you buy them where you're and, buying and everything. Them, yeah. So, um, But these are up there with... I mean, this is up there. Yeah, but yeah, for the for average, season one. for the average normal everyday guy. Yep. Uh, yep. this is a an inexpensive cigar that you're going to bring your father-in-law or yep. it, you and your good you buddy are going to go out and splurge. Yeah, let's call this a splurge stick. This it's is a splurge, splurge stick. stick and this is our yeah. season 1 finale and we wanted to do a splurge stick for our season 1 finale. And uh, I can only imagine what our season 2 finale splurge stick will be. But, I uh, I think I know what I want it to be. Okay. Yeah, I have an idea of what I want it to All be. All right. Do you want to make any predictions uh, live? Um, uh, Fuente, Fuente. Fuente, Fuente? The, 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 uh, the uh, Steve Harvey cigar. The Steve Harvey stick. Yeah, the yeah. Steve Harvey cigar. All right. That that will be... You'll have to listen to season two to see if that's what we do for our season two finale or not. And we have cigars already for season two. We're ready to go. We are ready to go. Yeah. I have them humidifying uh, at my place now, so... Not that the listeners actually care. The the one listener that we have, we have eight or seven, depending on the <laughs> depending on the day I check. Depending on the day I check. But if you like our content, seriously, if you like our content and you think it's fun, uh, I think even non cigar smokers enjoy because I've I've some friends that make up some of those seven or eight who don't smoke cigars, but they enjoy the content. They enjoy some of the stuff that we talk about, some of the perspectives that we have. Um. And really, this is just a way for Nate to feel good about himself and what he's putting out in the world. I'm just, no, I'm kidding. Um, but if you like it, share it. You know, like you don't have to like cigars to like this. You don't have to be fully immersed in the Dune universe uh, to like what we talk about. Or maybe you don't like it, like what we talk about, but you like how we talk about it. Um, you know, like share that. I've said many times from my perspective, this whole show the, is just an excuse for me to set aside a couple hours a day or week, yeah, uh, so we can smoke a cigar and bullshit together. <laughs> that is true <laughs> because the after show, the pre show, are just as valuable to me as the actual yep. show itself. Well, we talked about this. We don't have really high expectations uh, of well, like we don't. We're not. We're not sitting here hoping to retire from our day jobs to be able to sit and smoke cigars all day and drink and uh, record a podcast. Although that would be fantastic. Like, I'm, I wouldn't say no if somebody was like, hey, we just want to, like, you know, pay you to live and give you free cigars and booze and you just record content. That would like, be great. Yeah. I wouldn't say no, but that's not the goal. Like, the goal, is, <laughs> the, goal, <laughs> the goal is to hang out with Mike, smoke some cigars, drink some stuff, and talk about topics that maybe either we both know about or we both or one, only one of us knows about. So, 
That's the goal. I mean, eventually it'd be nice to get a few sponsors so that we can smoke for free. Right. But, you know. But it doesn't uh, matter. We have a good Not breakdown a because you do all the production and I do all the buying for the most part. Yeah, we've got a good uh, good split of uh, labor right. or contribution to right. the podcast. So. Right, right. Um, you're, it's not you're, a big you're deal. You're sacrificing time, and I'm I'm obviously sacrificing a little bit of money and yeah. research trying to get yep interesting sticks. Interesting sticks at a good price. Yes, that's a lot of it. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, it's been fun. We've uh, and we were thinking about what should we talk about our season one finale. We thought maybe we could talk about you know some of the the highlights and lowlights of season one. And uh, as soon as we said lowlights, uh, Mike and I both thought of one particular cigar. Yes. Cult, Blood, Red, Moon. And uh, I know that you'll never listen, but Brett, I am sorry that I gave that to you last Christmas. <laughs> Brent. Brent. Brent or Brett. No, it's you not could, Brett. It's you Brent. Could, I can't believe I said Brett. <laughs> you could. Either one of you could listen. No. If only one of our seven listeners would share. I'm not yes. trying to guilt trip you here at the end of the year. Um, but spread a little cheer mm-hmm. and share our podcast with someone you like or hate. Either way. Yes. So, Uncle Brent, I am sorry that I gave you that shitty-ass cigar. Unless you liked it, then we're very pleased. No, he didn't like it. He even told me that at the time. <laughs> and that was that was pre That was last Christmas. That was pre-episode. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I came so, in knowing so, it was going to be bad. Okay, so now <laughs> this is how you know that Mike and I are truly friends. Because Mike... Smoked a terrible cigar, gave a terrible cigar to somebody else who told him it was terrible, and then made me smoke it on a podcast. Yes. So. Well, just because uh, the the pipe tobacco was so freaking good. The pipe tobacco is great. It's uh, probably the best cherry tobacco I've ever had. Probably the best flavored tobacco I've ever had. I don't know if I mentioned this on the uh, on the podcast yet, but our very first guest, Dave, came over and I broke out the cult Blood Red Moon pipe tobacco. Because I got it on sale with the uh, Cherry Bomb tobacco from CAO, uh, from Pipes and Tobacco. It's not a sponsor. Or Pipes and Cigars, sorry. Pipesandcigars.com. If you are buying cigars anywhere else, you should probably go check out Pipes and Cigars. Yep. They've got crazy deals on a lot of things. Sometimes it's pretty expensive, but if you just wait and sign up for their newsletter and you get their magazine... I've never had a bad uh, batch of cigars from them either. No. The reason why I stay, I, I keep away from Thompson Cigar, because a lot of guys get bad sticks. And I've ordered hundreds of cigars and pounds and pounds and pounds of pipe tobacco from Pipes and Cigars. No. I've never had. I, I don't want to spend $500 on a batch no. and have half of the stuff end up being bad. Yeah. I'm not interested. And they've got some very reasonable, very reasonable, like dirt cheap Pipe tools, mm-hmm. cigar tools, uh, their deal, even if, even though it's increased since when Mike and I took advantage of it, their deal for getting a sample pack plus a humidor. One of the best Even Even now that it's $10, $20 more expensive it's than it was. $70 or $80 now. Yeah. It's and a little it bit. 50. Yeah. It's a little bit more than when Mike and I got it, but it's still a hell of a deal because that humidor that I got from them has been the most consistent humidor that, I, that I've run. And I have it right here in this room. Yeah. That's my uh, that's very, my smoke room. Very, very consistent. It comes with the instructions of how to set it up and how yeah. to get it running and primed and all that. So, you know, that's... That is one of the best deals in town. And the uh, cigars are all decent. They're, they're not uh, yeah. super high quality, but... No, it's a good way to get your foot, your toe in the water, figure right. out what you may or may not like. For a starter set, I would definitely go that route. Yep, and Tobacco Grove down in uh, Maple Grove, Minnesota. They've got little sample packs. You've seen them when you've gone in there. They've got the little sample packs of the zipper pouches. They've got yep. like, the punch sampler yeah. and the other samplers. Yeah, the samplers. Too, uh, which is fine. And, and it's a it's a fair price. It's not... Perdomo does it. Hoyo. Yeah. You know, uh, they're good. Especially if yeah. you if you want to go to a graduation party and you only have a couple of people. Yeah. You can buy like the Hoyo de Monterey Excalibur sampler yeah. pack and bring it and then you can give all a couple cigars to some high schoolers and yeah they can get sick and, and what i've <laughs> what i've found with uh tobacco grove or finding a good tobacco cigar shop uh, one of my favorite things about tobacco grove is they've got a big sign on their door that says we do not sell vapes or e-juice or any of that shit we don't sell cigarettes we only sell cigars and pipe tobacco sure so 
if you can find a place that specializes in those things that you're interested in and then talk to the employees. And I normally don't. And the only reason I found out about this cigar is because my buddy, Willie, shout out to Willie. Um, and he, he's down in Florida and he wants to be one of our guests and maybe we'll have to do a road trip down to Florida or a plane trip down to Florida. And he'll hook us up with some Cubans and some, he was telling me about this one crazy cigar shop in his hometown or whatever. And uh, it'd be fun to go down there and do like a like something live at a cigar shop. Right. That'd be sweet. Well, I can recommend uh, Anthony's in uh, Uptown in Minneapolis. Okay. That's a great cigar shop. And, uh, and you know, Tobacco Grove is as well. And I've never been to Anthony's. Friend but, of the family. But Willie, <laughs> so go to Anthony's, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. Uh, but Willie went into Tobacco Grove and Willie is a talker. I mean, sure. he's a salesperson at heart. And... Uh, so he loves just talking and he was talking and I, I go in there and I'm just like, I'm looking just at the cigars and I'm like looking online and like, is this cigar a good cigar or not? And somebody and, a, and a, an employee comes in, Hey, can I help you? Nope. I'm just looking like, leave me alone. You know, like that's, that's my style. That's my life. That's my personality. My, uh, and, um, me as well. And Willie's like, Oh, Hey, I want like, blah, blah, blah. and he's like talking this guy's ear off. And the guy's like, okay, well this one here has hints of chocolate and, orange and blah 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 whatever and and you know and then willie's like well what about this one over here and then you know this and then all the comparisons but i mean they're knowledgeable and like i feel like an idiot for not ever having talked to an employee at a place that knows what they're selling you know what i mean like that's what i should be doing in life but i find a lot of times when i go in and i start talking to the salespeople, i always act like a dummy yeah and the most of the time, they don't know as much as I know about well, what I'm trying to buy because yeah. I go in and I'll spend hours mm-hmm. researching and I'll have, I'll even bring my, my cell phone in yep. and I'll save screenshots just in case I lose cell phone connectivity because I'm out in the boonies. Yep. And I'll save screenshots of all my stuff, kind of like when you go into the voting booth. And uh, I'll like, no, I'll know exactly yep. what I want. And I'll hear them talk back to me. Yep. And most of the time, I'll find... That they don't know anything. <laughs> well, so here's the counterpoint to that. Is uh, one of my favorite stores down in the Minneapolis area is Micro Center, and Micro Centers have a lot of fucking knew you were gonna say a that. lot of locations around the country. <laughs> and what what Micro Center is good for is very affordable electronic components or very affordable uh, 3D printer filament, right? Yes. And so I do some 3D printing. I finally got my 3D printer back up and running after swapping out the hot end for an all-metal V6, whatever the fuck, thing. And that was a giant pain in the ass. But I was motivated by Nick. Shout out to Nick. Because he bought a CNC routing machine. And he's like, it's been so much fun setting it up and fucking around with it. And I'm like, yeah, my 3D printer should be fun. It's a hobby. It should be fucking fun. And I should be able to modify it and do whatever. And I didn't want to swap the hot end because it was going to be work. I'm like, no, I should, I should do it. But I remember I went in, I think for speakers or something, to Micro Center. And this was back at a time when they had, this was pre-pandemic and they were all on a quota and they all had to like put their little stickers on like, this was sold to you by Nick or by John or by Jim or whoever was there. They'd have a little pack of stickers and they'd stick it on the thing. And then I just put it back on the shelf and like, fuck you, whoever you are. Um, But they would try and sell you shit. And they were trying to tell me something. And I know a lot about like tech and yes. computer equipment and stuff like that. I know absolutely nothing about cigars. So the fact that we have a cigar podcast and not like a computer tech podcast is mind boggling to me as it is to you, the listener. Um, but he was feeding me this absolute hogwash of stuff. And I was like, hey, that sounds great. And then he left and I put the thing back on the shelf and left. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not buying. I'm not buying from you. Like, absolutely not. Um like if you know, and like in the age of information, it's so different to go shopping because back in the day you could go in and you could buy a, a phonograph or something and they would upsell you on, on some feature that didn't work. But here, if you do any modicum of research at all, you likely know as much or more than the salesperson because Micro Center carries everything from printer paper to 3D printers to graphic card components to laptops pre-built. So, and they sell um, science kits for kids and they sell Raspberry Pi build kits and they sell uh, SD cards and they sell cameras. And, they, you know, so 
unless you're an expert in every single department that they have, which nobody could be. I mean, you could be. I'm not telling you you can't. You do you. But by and large, the average high school employee is not going to be an expert in all of those things. So if you know what you know, you're going to know more than the salesperson. Now, every once in a while, you'll get a good one. You know, it's the same as anything. Like, there's a, a vast population out there that's average and has average knowledge. And every once in a while, you come across somebody who knows, like, their wheelhouse is the thing you're looking for. And if you can connect with them, then that's awesome. He's like, okay, well, what about this? I read this negative thing online. They're like, okay, well, that's like the bit rate and this and that and whatever. Like, And you can just, like, nerd out. And then you feel good because either you taught them something or... You know, and they were receptive to it, or you learned something and you're receptive to it. I don't know how this talk turned into like a retail thing, other than it's Black Friday when we're recording this, I suppose. Yes, it is recorded on Black Friday, which is always fun. <laughs> I thought about that is uh, for those who are drinking with us, bowling. Uh, when I go and get a new bowling ball drilled, I usually know a lot more than the guy who drills my equipment. Uh, for those uh, keeping track, uh, 22 minutes and 17 seconds yes, until yes, Mike yes. talked about bowling. Uh, but I usually know a lot more about the balls and about what I'm looking for than he does. Fucking Mike but, loves balls. Yeah, Mike loves balls. But his job is to sell equipment to, like, old men, at, uh, basically. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Party fall. Party foul, but not as bad as Mike's party foul earlier because... No. Um, <laughs> okay, so my, my cigar ash just fell onto the um, fabric uh, place mat. Mm-hmm. And what Christmas we, themed. What we were instructed before starting our episode uh, by Mike Sarah was to not ruin her Christmas table covering, which is underneath the place mat. So I feel like this is maybe a party foul, but not as big a one. As the uh, if ash it, on the floor, if, yeah. as the ash on the floor from the uh, previous episode, or had this fallen on the actual green um, thing, I'm going to try. Mike's going to talk to you about bowling. Yes, a little but bit. Anyway, so his job is to sell uh, equipment and drill equipment for old people because uh, mostly bowling is for old people nowadays. How and, old are uh, you, Mike? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, okay. you, don't, you don't have to say. Yeah. Uh, that's a that's a uh, what state and federally protected class. Yes, yes. I'm yes. not legally allowed on this podcast if we accept sponsorships, which we haven't yet. Um, to discriminate, to discriminate uh, against uh, old people like Mike. I'm sorry, uh, people that might be older than me. Yes, even yes, though I don't yes. think Mike is. Mike's younger than me. Yes, I am. Younger than I'm the old fuck. Yeah, on the, you're on the, the old. Podcast. You're the old. Uh, I am the young. So, uh, but yeah, it's not his, I mean, it is his job to know about the bowling equipment, but he's not going to know as much as I do. If I, you know, if I watch an hour's worth of bowling ball videos, I'm going to know more than him because he has to, he has to sell multiple brands too. He's got to sell all the brands. He's got to do a lot of more information with the technical side of the drilling aspects, which I don't know. He's got to fix the equipment at the alley. He's got to run the bar at times. Yeah. He's, his, he's busy. He's a busy man. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got more than one alley that he works at and owns. Yeah. Uh, and uh, his personal life and everything. He doesn't have the time to do that as a hobby. Yeah. And uh, that reminds me, since we have talked a little bit about etymology, uh, another thing I like is sayings that have been grossly misinterpreted by modern times. So one of, one of those is uh, people will say... A jack of all trades, master of none. Like it's a bad thing. But the full quote is actually being a jack of all trades is better than being a master of none, which means having a a diverse knowledge base, even though you're not specifically a master in any one of them, is better than not knowing anything at all. Sure. So, uh, and this is not to defend this person Mike is talking about, but it's just to say, if you have enough, like if you have a base knowledge in balls and a base knowledge in, uh, you know, running the bar and a base knowledge in other equipment and drilling, like that's better than not knowing anything about anything. Absolutely. Like a little bit of knowledge is better. And the other one that gets grossly, grossly mis, uh, misquoted is uh, blood is thicker than water. And uh, the religious right loves to say this. Absolutely loves it. And whenever your parents do something wrong, not your parents and not my parents specifically either. But they'll say, well, blood is thicker than water. Well, the full quote from the actual Bible that a lot of Christians do not read and will not ever read is uh, blood of the covenant 
is thicker than water of the womb. And it has been shortened over time. And so what that means is the friends and family of your choosing is stronger than your birth family. But of course, the religious people say it with the opposite meaning, meaning if we're blood family, that's stronger than water. When really the water of the womb is what that what that quote is is implying. It's saying like blood family is so weak of a bond or could be potentially. If you have a great relationship with your family, that's awesome. But it wasn't because you were born together. It was because you, you all put effort into it. Like it's an effort to have a good relationship, to have a good family, to have a good friendship. I don't know. Sorry. To derail everything from bowling. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. No, I, I agree. I like etymology. That would be an interesting thing to do. Of course, it doesn't really pay. Yeah, no, I mean, it's thing. interesting as, as, a, as a hobby. Mm-hmm. So I'm not an etymology professor or expert or anything, but I do right. enjoy, and, I and you know, having it be when we're recording, well, when you hear this, it will be the last Wednesday of the year, and we will be ringing in 2023 shortly after this episode airs. But having it be Black Friday, there was actually an article that said, Black Friday, why is it called Black Friday? And we talked on our previous episode about etymology of, you know, white versus black, not necessarily specifically racist in in intention. Um, and a lot of people say, well, this is a lot of the time that a lot of uh, a lot of companies get their ledger books from the red to the black, right? Because if you're negative, everything's red, and if you're in the positive, everything's black in the ledger book. Uh, apparently, I'm not a CPA or accountant or you know CFO or whatever. Yes. Um, but you know, like that's been floated around, and apparently, and I didn't, I didn't click on this article because I'm, I'm above clickbait, everybody. Um, and you know, there's no local singles in my area. Um, this is, this is pre-marriage, pre-marriage. There's, there's never any. Uh, well, none that had all their teeth. Let's just say that. Um, well, if you're into math, yeah. And who isn't? I, I'm not, because like of all the things in life to get into, like meth is meth is not one of the things. No. Smoking meth specifically, like I'll never one of, my, uh, one of my passions. No, I mean I, sure. I'm not going to do meth because, like, I pay good money for my teeth, even though they're kind of like fucked up because I never got braces as a kid. But I've never had a single cavity. I never had braces my entire life, but I have a fat face. So there um, and uh, you know, but like, I'm not going to lose teeth. I'm not going to get like cripplingly addicted, and I don't have a super addictive personality. I don't think some people would argue otherwise, but you know, and I'm not going to do intravenous drugs. Like, I'm just not. I don't like needles. Yeah. I like, uh, I mean, so I'm type one diabetic. So I, I do a shot every day, right. multiple shots every day, uh, but I'm not going to like, I'm not going to shoot heroin. I'm not going to, I'm not going to shoot drugs. Would I try LSD? Maybe, you know, make uh, LSD in the United States is dangerous um, because we don't have, a reliable supply of the actual chemical, and a lot of the stuff that you get is LSD. It's not genuinely LSD. It's some sort of other boutique medical type drug. Yeah. So well, that's I, why I, said I tried. Maybe. Uh, I had a very bad reaction to the LSD that I tried years ago, and it's probably because it wasn't real LSD. It was probably something else. And I had a friend that was selling a lot of LSD at the time. And uh, who knows if it was real LSD. It was psycho. It, it made you had a very powerful psychedelic reaction. But uh, because our government is tyrannical, we don't have access to real LSD uh, in a safe and effective dose. Yeah. Uh, so it makes it more dangerous for those well, of you who are thinking about thing. doing LSD. <laughs> well, I think the important thing with any kind of drug or alcohol or stimulant is dosing mm-hmm. and the strength of that dose. And I think if we had things more legal, you know, or or, or regulated of all drugs because of regulation, because then you could have you could know the dosage. Like if I go and I remember this and this is a story and this is all all legal because I was over 21. I was over 21 and um, and I I bought myself. I was I was collecting beer bottles at the time. And uh, and so I was trying to drink just as many unique different beers as possible. And I found, came across one called uh, Bourbon County, and 
Um, it was a, a beer aged in a, a bourbon cask. And so it, I drank it and it, it tasted just, I mean, it tasted not quite as harsh, but it tasted just like bourbon, just like bourbon without the, the biting aftertaste. And that this is if you buy like a cheap bourbon, because I was, in, I was just out of college, didn't have a whole lot of money. And I was like, oh, bourbon kind of, that sounds great. I love whiskey and, and bourbon and scotch and, and all those things. And so I wanted to try it. And, uh, and so I drank this bottle of Bourbon County and I drank it down. I just, I just drank it like I would drink like a normal, you know, four or 5% beer. And then I, and then I drank it and I was like watching a movie and I was like, Hey, I should grab another beer. So I stood up and I like stumbled. I'm like, what the, what the fuck am I a lightweight? Cause this is my first beer of the night. And I looked at it and it was 13% alcohol. And this is the first experience I ever had with something that was not, I mean, this was, I don't know, this had to be 2009. It was like on the crest or the beginning edge of the craft beer craze in America. Sure. And so all beers were just beers at that point for me because I didn't know any better because I hadn't drank enough beer at that time. And I still haven't in my life. Uh, and I will uh, maintain that until I, until I die. I still have not drank enough beer. But crazily enough, even though I've had so many different kinds of beer, I will get occasionally I will get uh, surprised by how strong beer is. I was plowing two, three weeks ago. Like literally plowing or is this like, a euphemism for sex? No, no, like plowing, like plowing, literally plowing snow. And uh, I was working and doing all this stuff and I was like three hours in because I had to prepare some things and do all the mechanics. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, I want a beer. Went down, had a beer. I had another beer. I think I had five beers total in the evening. And I was drunk. <laughs> I was just, like wasted and I had a hangover the next day. <laughs> and Mike's never been drunk before. No, I've never been drunk before. And uh, that was my first time. And uh, I was genuinely shocked, that, number one, that I was drunk after five beers over a long period of time. Let's say six hours. Uh, like Yeah, I'd, I'd probably say like three hours. We're just winking at each other. I would say three hours, genuinely. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, but I had a hangover the next day. Couldn't believe it. After drinking five beers, six beers, like, holy shit. And I was like, well, it's very strong beer. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> well, and that's the thing is when I go, uh, and that's why I keep bringing up Trader Joe's. And I got, I got, we had a bunch of people over at our house and I had a, a 12 pack of Simpler Times Lager. From Trader Joe's, and it's brewed by the same people that make the Bosun the Bosun line, uh, as a Wisconsin brewery. And somebody was like, "Oh my God, you're drinking Simpler Times?" I'm like, "Dude, man, it's a 6.2 percent lager that tastes pretty damn good, and is six dollars for a 12 pack." Hey, uh, like when you know, I when I uh, go hunting out of state, a lot of times I'll bring Grain Belt in clear bottles. Grain Belt is great. It's Freaking phenomenal. And the last time I went out, I actually yeah. uh, brought uh, Minnesota Gold. Mm. Which is pretty good, too. Minnesota we Gold like the, is uh, kind of like the microbrew version of Grain Belt. Is we like I the Northeast it. quite a bit. Oh, yeah. The Northeast is great, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, I brought it, and uh, I I was with a bunch of guys from Colorado that I knew. And they'd never even heard of the brewing company or yeah, whatever. I don't know and if I they like, I don't know if they don't distribute outside, but mm-hmm. it's not not a huge. It's not, not like uh, it's not like uh, the Nuclearis. They oh, will yeah. not distribute outside of Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, mean, I think Grain Belt will distribute wherever they want people to, but a lot of people don't want them outside Gra- of Grain Minnesota. Belt distributes uh, to the region. I know when I was yeah. uh, working out west, as oil expansion went out. The Minnesota beers moved okay, with yeah, all yeah, the yeah. Work for workers, and now they have Grain Belt uh, in bottles out yeah. there. And Grain Belt's real good. Yeah. And, and, but these guys from Colorado never had it. And I, was, I brought a 24-pack, and I'm like, there's four of you. Bring these home. This is like a Minnesota-style uh, lager. Yeah. And it's like uh, the most popular beer in the state, yeah. more or less. One of the oldest still running. Yeah. I think. Oh, yeah. I, think. Yeah. I mean, like we got Summit, and Summit distributes... Nationwide, uh, well, Yingling is the oldest brewer, the, the oldest brewery in, in the state, but or I mean, Shells, in the country, like Yingling is, yeah, the Yingling oldest. is the oldest in the country. Uh, Shells is the oldest microbrewer, family owned, yes, yep. Uh, just so like uh, Northeast brewery. is Grain Belt is up there, 
Well, Grain I mean, Belt's owned by Shells now. They bought it yeah. out when the factory closed down in Minneapolis. But they've got a they've got a, a long tenure. Yeah. Oh, we'll they've been around for a long time. So. Yeah, yeah. My grandfather used to have a pallet delivered to his house. Okay. I'm not saying they're the yeah. oldest ever, but I'm just saying like it's an established. It's brand. an established brand. Yeah, yeah. Here in Minnesota, I, I think that uh, Northeast and Grain Belt, and then uh, what the hell is it called? The Golden Light. I think those are the top three beers. Period. Yeah, I'd have to look I don't that think up. McGolden isn't times. brewed here, though. No, no, no. McGolden is brewed by... Well, you're talking, uh, you're talking like, uh, popular here in Minnesota. Yeah, yeah, yeah. top selling. Yeah. I know, like, a lot of people here like Bush. Um, some people here some like people Bush. Some people here like Bush. And actually, like, the Bush, like, the marketing department, when they, in the, what is it, in the, in the like, July, they come out with the, um, the corn cob cans. You know, they got the corn yeah, the printed on there. And, and they got the like orange. the blaze orange cans. Yeah, like their marketing department's on point. It's it not. Is. It's not terrible. They it's used to do great. the uh, blaze orange can, and you could win a prize if you got the blaze orange can in a, in a pack. Oh, okay. And I actually have buddies that have. They drink so they're such alcoholics, yeah. but they have the old school orange cans, and they won money. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, some of that stuff, like you know, sometimes it's just I don't know. Sometimes. Even if it's not the best, if they do good, like I'll try and support them in some way. You right. Know? Um, right. I like locally produced alcohol for the most part. Yeah. And and, uh, and to shout back to our episode with Al. Yep. Talking about board games. Uh, there's a company, a board game publisher called uh, R2I, which is Road to Infim- in, in, Infimity, Infamity, Infinity, uh, Infamity. I don't know. It's R2I games. Don't look at me. I'm not Just, the board uh, game expert here. Mike here is the board game expert here. and uh, But yeah, there okay. are R2I games. And they, uh, they've they got a super light like uh, dice game that I enjoy. But when the pandemic hit, what they did was they gave away free copies of their game. And said, hey, you're stuck at home. You sign up here. We'll send you a free game. Like, you know. Oh, I, mean, I, don't know what it, I don't know what it costs to produce them. They probably lost, I don't know, five bucks. Per game that they sent out, five ten bucks per game they sent out because they you know had pallets or whatever they could, but they had the money set aside and they just did something nice for the community. Right, and they you I'm know. sure they gained a very loyal following and uh, uh, from that. Yeah, and I don't like everything they produced, and I and I only have that one, or I only have one or two games produced by them, and they're fine, they're fine games, but like it was a nice nice gesture um, at that time, and I think you know some of that stuff goes a lot further than other things, you know, especially in the Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> era that we're currently in the hellscape. I, I don't even want to talk about Elon Musk and Twitter. The situation is changing so radically. Like by, the time Here, you, yeah. by, the, by the time you listen to this episode, it will be way different than whatever we yeah, talk about it's now. It's hilarious. I do not have a Twitter and I have no plans on ever getting a Twitter, but <laughs> it is entertaining uh, in a, you know, uh, very sad way, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I guess before we delve into that, um, Mike's a little bit ahead of me on this because I've been talking a little bit more because he, um, uh, so I'm the introvert. Mike might be an introvert too, I'm not sure how you identify. I'm not going to assume your identification. Uh, Thank you for not assuming. But he lubricated me pretty good before uh, before we started this podcast. Yes, um, we, uh, we're on our, we had libations previous. Yes, well, we're drinking with whiskey. <laughs> whiskey. <laughs> I'm Mike Tyson. Uh, we're drinking whiskey with whiskey. Yes, we are. Um, we have uh, Johnny Walker Black in the small glass, and then we the have... The Snifters, yes, as it, as it were. We have an alternative to uh, Crown Royal, which I will not name because I don't want it to sell out. Uh, <laughs> but he <laughs> has plenty of bottles in the basement. Yeah. I've heard. <laughs> 24. <laughs> I bought 24 Shh, bottles. <laughs> nobody listen to this next part. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we're drinking uh, Whiskey Sours. Homemade, yes. home, homemade version of whiskey. He's a little bit, a little of, bit of uh, uh, soda stream because I, yeah. I like mine with soda stream. Um, so he's a little ahead of me on the cigar, mm-hmm. uh, but we're both about halfway in that region. Yeah. Yes. Give, I'm or, give citrus, or take. I'm getting citrus. He's off getting of it. the citrus now. I didn't get the chocolate, but I got a lot of the smoothness. It's still very smooth. Yes. Uh, it's very good. It's very good. Uh, it's quite nice. It's quite nice. It's very yeah. good. I think that uh, we, I've been very uh, careful with my cigar selection, and I think that this is definitely top tier cigar. But I don't think it's necessarily better than some of the cheaper cigars we've smoked. But it's probably going to be 
more consistent and available and it's special because it's you spend a little more money and yep. it's like you know it's going to be good and well, it's and, very good. And that's why this we're calling this a splurge stick. Yes. For the average for the American, average jack off this is going to be an hours worth of wage. Uh, basically, you you spend an hour of your or life more, or more or more or more. Well, twenty bucks after taxes. That's going to be an hour's worth of work or more or more. Depending, I mean, it depends. It depends. It depends. Uh, uh, one of the greatest things that I ever read, and I can't remember the author's name, but it's a book called "I Will Teach You to Be Rich," and it's I, I believe it's written by an Indian author. But he, uh, like from India, not Native American. Um, but he kind of goes through. And the point is that everybody has their own things in life that they want to focus on for their hobbies or their uh, splurges or their whatevers. And some people uh, don't care where they live, but they want a nice car. Some people don't care about their car, but they care where they live. Some people uh, don't care where they live or what they drive, but they care about where they go to eat. You know, yes. so everybody has their own... A uh, thing where they funnel their excess money to, right? So, if cigars is where you funnel your money to, this is probably a, a good one to try. Right? Are there better ones for less money? Yeah. If you want to say, "Hey, I smoked a Hexpress," like there's only I think there's only two companies that do a Hexpress, and and this was I think the first one, and then there's another company that does a Hexpress, and they just call it Hex because I was googling this one, you know. Sure. Um, it, it's nice. It's, it's, it's pleasant. very fine, it's very smooth, very smooth, very consistent, uh, very flavorful. Uh, I shouldn't say it's not it's overly not complex. It's not flavored, but it's, no, it's, 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 it's nice very notes. smooth and it's got nice notes. It's not overly complex. There's not a huge uh, depth. It's got a phenomenal draw. It lights easily. Yes, it's very uh, pleasant. Yeah, yeah. It uh, you're not getting hints of fruit or anything like that. No, uh, like you would out of like very boutique coffee or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're getting little like flavors. Yeah, there's coming some citrus through. in, and there's like very. I can see where the chocolatey. It's not cocoa. No, no. But it's smooth. It's very smooth. Silky. It's it's it's, it's, it's a, a mellower smooth. Mm-hmm. So it tastes a little more chocolate. And it's dark, but it's. Smooth. It's not overly not dark. It's not uh, like one of the Maduros or double Maduros that we smoked. No, it's not. Um, it's not. It's not that dark. It's darker than a medium, but it's yeah, very it's, good. Uh, it's a good one. Um, well, that's our halfway point, and we, you know, we try to smoke to where our listeners can go out and easily acquire these sticks. Yeah, I uh, I don't try to get uh, specialty cigars. I try to get uh, stuff that is uh, available. Yeah, and every once in a while, we like to smoke a little like higher end thing or whatever, but uh, not not usually. And you know, in the grand scheme of life, you know, you think about cigars and cigar prices, and if you can get, you know, and usually for my when I drink beer, <clears throat> and you know, Mike and I have talked about this uh, before, and and even this episode with the simpler times, like you can get twelve. 12 cans of beer for like six or seven bucks. So that's less than a dollar a can of beer. And it's a decent beer. Is it going to outperform your local microbrew? Probably not. But is it going to outperform Budweiser or, you know, something else? Probably. Like definitely, you know. Is it to your taste profile that you like? Maybe not. It depends on on what you like to drink. But you know, you can do a lot with a little, and I think that's hugely important, too, is to do a lot with a little, and if you can, um, you know, find a stick that is easy to smoke and affordable, then that is great, because, and we've talked about this, too, and, and sometimes we're like, hey, this isn't one that we'd bring to a graduation, or this isn't one we'd give as a gift, but it's one that we would totally smoke mowing the lawn, or... If we're just having a conversation and shooting the shit, like, yep, we're going to smoke this one because you don't have to put a lot of thought into it. You don't have to, like, focus to enjoy the complex flavors and this, that, and the other thing with this cigar. Uh, this one is, you know, if you focus on it a lot, you can you can pick out some of the subtleties. But 
this is one where maybe the whole just being nice and easy to smoke and it tastes great and it's not overly one way or the other. It's, it's, it's good. It's very good. I'm mixing another drink right now for all of our listeners. I'm sure you heard the splashes. Now, to be clear, he's not mixing a drink for you. He's drinking a, he's fixing a drink for him and me. Yes. <laughs> but uh, I would say we, that we, this we, is a little too expensive to give out as graduation presents. Oh, for days. sure. This is a uh, splurge stick. This is a splurge stick. Uh, my go-to graduation uh, is usually... The Blood Red Moon. Yeah, not that. has to be. Oh, my God. That's the hate gift. That is the hate gift for sure. It's actually the... Uh, it's the pink bunny suit from A Christmas Story. <laughs> the Presidente-sized uh, Excalibur. Because you can get them for 10 bucks a stick all day long. And uh, they're good. And uh, they taste well. And uh, you, when you get something for a high schooler, they're not going to know what they're looking for. Uh, this year, this last year, I think I did the 660 card because for some reason I couldn't find uh, I couldn't find any Excaliburs in my in my region here. Uh, but it worked well, so there we go. Uh, we are going to go over the cigars we smoked for the year. I think we all know the Blood Red Moon was total shit. Uh, we can't say enough bad about it. I I, I'm, I was extremely disappointed with it. Uh, the reputation of cult is high. Uh, I don't know where that particular stick came from. Uh, another low light was... Uh, the Bella Vanilla. Was it not, Nate? The v- Bella Vanilla? Yeah, the Bella Vanilla was... CAO has a reputation, and uh, the Bella Vanilla was particularly bad. Uh, I didn't... It was very artificial yeah. tasting. You I know, did, you, I... can, you can get vanilla extract, but when you get the real vanilla extract, it's like real vanilla, and it's very rich and flavorful, and you get the imitation vanilla, and it's not the same. I mean, it's it's fine, but once you've had the real, and we had a, a cigar that was vanilla flavored. Moon Trance. The Moon Trance, and that was the, the bourbon vanilla, which is the real vanilla. And that flavor, the, the, the difference between those two, and why anybody would ever, ever, ever pick the Bella Vanilla over the Moon Trance, I mean, it's so artificial tasting. It's just right. mind-boggling. <clears throat> I think one of the biggest problems I have with the Bella Vanilla is that the Moon Trance is epic. That is... Yeah, uh, the gold standard for flavored cigars. It is. It, it is, is the gold standard, and uh, I recently... It's literally like the Citizen Kane of cigars. <laughs> I made an order. Uh, there was a sale from a company... And I ordered a box of uh, Moon Trance cigars. And uh, <laughs> I always carry a box at home because women like it. Uh, and men love it. Men, men want to men be it? it? No, wait. That's James Bond. Women love him. Men want to be him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the Moon Trance. It's epic. It's you cannot always go a wrong. highlight. It's always a highlight. You cannot go wrong. If you're at a cigar shop and you bring your uh, spouse... Even if you don't like flavored cigars, just just pick up a, a Moon Trance and you're going yeah. to like it. And there's nothing wrong with liking it. Let's break down masculinity in America. And we're not going to break this down fully. It's not going to be a full like de-evolution uh, thereof. But if a man goes to a bar and orders an Appletini, what is the societal response? You already know. When I said Appletini, your eyes already rolled in your head. Mine not, didn't. Not Mike's because Mike and I are on the same page. But a lot of people... If a man goes and says, hey, I want an Appletini, they're like, what the fuck? And and I'm guilty of this. I'm not trying to call you out if you roll your eyes. I had a, uh, a female friend who went to this, like, went to this nightclub in Oklahoma City. And they had condoms for free in the bathroom. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, oh, Jesus. Um, but I didn't know. Like, you know, I was young. 
and didn't know anything. And I had watched Scrubs, and the character there, the, you know, the, one of the characters loved Appletini's. And, um, and I didn't know it was an actual real drink. Like, I didn't know. And so the one of the women that brought me there said, hey, I'd like an Appletini. I'm like, hey, cool, I'll go get you one. And I kind of like chuckled to myself because I thought it was a fictional drink, but it wasn't. And so when I brought her back a martini without like the apple, uh, I kind of got chewed out a bit. Um, but if a man orders like a fruity drink, you know, like society will say, why is a man ordering a fruity drink? What's that about? Well, why can't a man enjoy a fruity drink? Like, is there any unwritten rule? But you can't have it both ways. You can't, you can't say a man is less man, manly for ordering a fruity drink and then say, why do men shoot people? Well, it's probably because you told him he couldn't order a fruity drink. I'm not trying to blame uh, you. I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. Like, that's not the point. It's I'm not just, literally that, I'm, I'm, but there's I'm doing, a big point, you know. Uh, you know, like, an exaggeration is a, is, is a storytelling and a, a point-making device. And that's what I'm trying to use here. It's yes. a... Is a, is a storytelling device i'm not saying people telling men they can't or order fruity drinks is causing mass shootings i'm just trying to say there's a dichotomy in our society where a man needs to be manly but not too manly but can't be too girly but can't be too manly social pressures are high on women and men and uh we focus a lot on the social pressures for women um, and rightly presently. so, and rightly so. And rightly so. I'm not I'm not trying to denigrate that. I, I think that a lot of men, they don't get their own spaces. I, I will be, take it aside here quickly. Let's take it aside. I'm about a third of the way through the cigar. So Mike's going to do a little bit of talking, and I'm going to do a little bit of puffing. This cigar, about a third of the way left, so I'm two-thirds through, has magically become extremely good. Uh, and it's not because of the uh, consumption of alcohol. I don't think there was none. Yeah, there there has been none. Yeah, uh-huh. uh But uh, it's actually very good, very flavorful. There's a, yes, there are whole. This is the part range. of the cigar that I remember. Yes, there like, is the, the, a full range, palate range of yes. flavor. The first two thirds is foreplay, and the last third, it's uh, very intense. Not very intense. If your palate isn't accustomed to it, I don't know if you're going to pick it up. But there is a, still a full something range going on. All the way low, all the way up to like the peak. Almost uh like that high citrus all the way down. And it's the full flavor range in your mouth. It's quite uh impressive. I think this has gotta be the most complex cigar we've had as far as uh yeah, there we go. We had a high five. We had a high uh, five. You can high five yourself or your spouse. Yeah, I'm just a hair over halfway. Yeah, uh, I don't even know if I'm two thirds through, but it is uh, starting to come into its own because the first half was pretty much all smooth and chocolatey. Yeah, very very chocolatey. No cocoa, just smooth with a little citrus note. Yeah, and and it, in the sense where you know we've smoked other cigars and it's like this is. It's very consistent. It's very, like, you can tell somebody crafted it to be that way. Yes. And, you know, Mike and I have our own flavor profiles that we like or, or whatever, our own uh, preclusions, our own preferences that we like. Uh, but for Mike and I who have, I guess, fairly similar cigar tastes. Close enough to call it good. Um, you know, to, to sit and smoke a cigar halfway through at least, maybe a little more, and be like, hey, this is very consistent, it's fine, it's 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 good, it's smooth, it's easy smoking, easy to light. But then, you know, what we love, and we we've demonstrated this on the podcast, is we love the flavor change, or we love the we're gonna we're gonna kick things up here. Right. Um, and I routinely smoke cigars that don't flavor change because I smoke a lot of Chiroux. Uh because you can cut them in half and they're quick. And I can drive are great. half an hour in my truck, roll the window down, smoke a shrew, and it's a very pleasant drive then. Uh, on Minnesota, horrible Minnesota two-lane roads where people drive 35 and a fucking 55. Or, you know, this is ridiculous. But anyway, <laughs> there's hills and trees and turns, yes. and you can't pass. Passing is a fool's errand. But uh, <laughs> a lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times, you need a, a huge, clear uh, vista. Mm-hmm. My dad um, and we just watched uh, uh, Sarah and I just watched Christmas Story and a Christmas Story Christmas 
You know, the, I've the never sequel. seen that. Well, sequel. it's brand new. It's brand oh, new. okay. Is this it, year? Uh, we'll have to watch it and do a review. We'll, we might have to do a review. What I'll say just initially out of the gate is a Christmas story uh, cannot be replicated or duplicated in any way, shape, or form. It's not a perfect film by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, it's great. And uh, the reason a Christmas story. The first one, original one, works is because all of the characters are very, very generic. Even though you're spending a, uh, a week's time with them in movie time, you don't really get an instance for how they are actually as people. Right. But I believe that's intentional because you're supposed to relate to almost all of the characters depending on where you are in life. If you are a kid, you're supposed to relate with Ralphie because he wants this present, the, the Red, Rider, Red Rider BB gun. And if you're a parent, you identify with either the mom or the dad. And it's like, hey, am I going to be a, both. a hard ass like the dad? And I go and fight the furnace and swear and uh, and then buy him the uh, BB gun anyway without my wife knowing because I had a BB gun when I was that age. And I fucking love that leg lamp with the fishnet stocking. Yes. Or am I the mom who's like, I just walked up on my son beating the ever-living shit out of this kid, swearing a blue streak of profanity. And all I told my husband was, I roughly got into a fight, but he held his own. And that was it. And you're like the nice one. Like you don't, you, like it doesn't matter. They're, they're all identifi- identifiable characters and they're meant to be that way. You're supposed to relate to these characters. Yeah, there are characters who have moments in time and, it's just, and you and relate it's a, to those moments in You know, time. it's a very, very much a slice of life. Like here's the week before Christmas. We've got all these hopes and dreams and all these different characters that you can, may or may not relate to depending on your stage in life. There's some absolute hilarious scenes throughout regardless of your stage of life just hilarious scenes when he when ralphie goes out to help his old man fix the flat tire and he drops the nuts and he says oh fudge and there he goes except i didn't say fudge i said the mother of all curses and then the dad gets back in and goes do you know what your son just said and leans over to the the mom and like whispers in her ear and she like shrieks like loud and then they're talking about like the different tastes of brands of soap for swearing you know but and then where did you hear that word? Well, what? And he goes, well, I heard it from my old man 10 times a week. But I had to say somebody else other than my dad because mom isn't going to buy my dad. Like she has to buy somebody else. You know, but it's slice of life. And then you get to the second one and they're fully developed, like realized characters. And, you know, you had your own opinion of who these characters might have been. Right. Because that was the whole beauty of the first one is it didn't tell you what the, who these characters were. Yeah, you have no. You, you could, you could, choose, you could, you could apply their characters on screen to your own life and be like, "Hey, I'm Ralphie, or I'm so and so, or I'm I'm this," and uh, and they like they fully realize these characters out because they've had 30, 40 years, and they brought all the original cast back mostly. That's impressive. Uh, the mom retired from acting, so they they brought in somebody else to do the mom. But uh, so it's kind of like, well, it didn't really fit what I what I had planned and then and you're like okay i guess i can get behind this character doing that or wanting to be this or like it's almost like the harry potter thing like in harry potter books where and I, we talk about this where i love the movie ending better than the book ending like i don't need to know harry potter's a bureaucrat crunching numbers like harry potter's the greatest wizard of all time apparently no he's not i don't need to know that we're we're, we're sharing like furious like eye glances um for those of you not here in the room it's not furious eye glances. I want you to smoke your cigar. No, no, no I know, I know. But, uh, um, but and Harry also, Potter. Harry Potter, I was big into Harry Potter uh, when I was younger. And I liked the book ending just fine because it was. I fucking hated it. A, more about Harry uh, having a specific set of skills, not being a special Mary Sue type character in all aspects of life. Uh, I watched a movie recently and there was a male Mary Sue. Uh, oh, no, I read a book. I'm sorry. It wasn't a movie at all. It was, I uh, listened to an audiobook of John Carter of Mars, written in 1911 by the guy who wrote Tarzan, right? For those who don't know. And uh, it was called uh, John Carter and the Princess of Mars. Uh, and they made a movie that failed. But John Carter was a Mary Sue. He was good at everything. He was never going to fail. You knew from the beginning. It got boring. The uh, the, uh, but, but, the modern equivalent of the way is through, I was over. I was done. The modern equivalent is uh, he was a Captain Marvel. Yeah, a male Captain Marvel. Because uh, it was like, oh yeah, he was born on Earth, and then he went to Mars, so he's super strong. 
and everything he does is successful. And magically, he can fight with these Mars-based weapons. Well, he's basically because, he's basically uh, Mars Superman. swords are the same as uh, real swords, and we all know uh, we all know uh, for different those sword you, styles. For those of you who've been to Mars, yeah, for those of you who've been to Mars, every sword is the same. It doesn't matter if it's a rapier or a great sword or a, a, a half sword or, or a, yeah, yeah, broad whatever. sword, or yeah, yeah, whatever. It doesn't make it doesn't make a difference because uh, he's so strong and he's so smart that he can. Magically escape from prison in Mars chains because Mars metal is somehow weaker or whatever. Well, it's, it's a Superman <laughs> in reverse almost. Like Superman. Yeah. And yeah we talked yeah, about this. Yeah, like we hate yeah, Superman. Yeah. We don't hate Superman. But like Superman is like, is a great uh, fantastical storyline. And if you want to escape, Superman is great for that. He's got the one known weakness. Otherwise, he's great at everything. Superman is maybe the quintessential Mary Sue. Uh, Mary Sue. Yeah, uh, he's great at everything all the time. He has to. He has to put on other than uh, betting Lois Lane. Apparently, he, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, he has to put on glasses to obscure his vision so he can pretend to be a mere mortal. You know what I mean? Like his disguise is I have to be the most average of average of all time. And it's fine. Like, I understand because, you know, I understand the disguise. Like, people always are like, how can you not recognize Superman even if he's wearing glasses? Well, you know what? Dolly Parton. Nobody recognizes Dolly Parton out in public because she's all dolled up for her stage performances. And she wears a wig and everything for her stage performances. And then her in real life, only her and her husband know what, knows what she looks like. Yeah, I went to uh, listen you know, to a Dolly Parton interview. It was the greatest thing of all time. They asked, what's your natural hair color? She said, it's been so long since I had a natural hair color that I don't remember. Yes. I say, like, okay. She's not going to tell you because she doesn't <laughs> want the harassment. Like, that's like next level stuff. Like, she already yeah. knows. Like, she knew at the get-go that she didn't want that stuff in infringing upon her, pul- her private life. So. Yeah. It's a, that's old school celebrity right there for sure. Oh, for sure. So. You know, um, but yeah, we don't, uh, you know, if you, if you can't have any conflict and you're good at everything, not, not hugely interested in that storyline. Yeah. What's the point? You know, you, you have to like conflict, conflict is a fact of life. Failure is a huge unfortunately, part of life. like unfortunately, all that stuff is a huge part of life. Like this, super unfortunate, and you know, Mike and I have both had both of those things, and it's, it's very unfortunate. We don't wish that on anybody. Uh, but it's a fact of life. I do wish it on people. Actually, I think that failing uh, at your task and then doing the work to overcome the failure creates personal character and and relatability. Uh, relatability. Right. It creates a depth of character. Yeah. Personal I mean, character. My, I have one grandmother, and she's still alive. She is a, a very bitter old woman, and I haven't talked to her. For just shy of 20 years. 19 years. It'll be 20 here in a couple months. And it's sad. She's a bitter old woman. My grandfather died young uh, in a hunting accident. Shocker. I think I've told you the story off off air. Uh, And she's just bitter. She's super bitter. (laughs) She can't get over it. And she can't socialize with people. She doesn't know how to uh, relate she doesn't have uh, she doesn't have the empathy muscle, and I think uh, the the biggest distinction I've ever learned in life was empathy versus sympathy. Sympathy right. is you feel sorry for them, and empathy is you understand why they feel sorry for themselves. Right, and I think that one of the reasons why there's a crisis of masculinity is there's so much external output that a lot of men. Do not just sit in solitude without thinking and allow their own thoughts that they don't actually think from the inside of your soul bubble up to the top and allow you to understand what's really happening in your subconscious. If you really embrace your subconscious and it doesn't bother you to think it, then those things aren't going to bother you. Uh, and other people, a lot of the negative reaction that we see nowadays towards other people behaving strangely, I think, comes from 
people not spending the time to really accept their inner selves. Because my inner self is extremely violent and extremely angry and extremely dominating. Uh, Extremely uh, dominating. Like I say, I think a lot of it is people don't take the time in this crazy world where you can have noise and external yeah. uh, external stimulus all the time. You, yeah. you really do need to take the time to sit, experience no external stimulus, and allow your inner person to bubble through. Yeah. And that inner person will speak to you. Uh, yeah, and, you know, and, and I think a good, a good exercise, not to cut mic off, and I do that a lot, and listening to our podcast and editing our podcast, I make notes to myself. In my mind. <laughs> because I have to cut out a lot of my uh, very noisy inhales. Because I do a lot of like noisy inhales for some reason. And I, I do a lot of uh, gurgling. He does, but Mike normally does it right as he's talking. So I can't cut those out. So if you've been listening to those, we both apologize. And we're going to work on it for season two. Um, and there's a lot of noisy inhales that I do that I can't cut out. Or I just... I'm. I'm lazy and I don't cut them out and I'm sorry. I try to do all this. He does. You need to listen to your internal voice and uh, maybe I'm a fool, but I was taught this by my father who was extremely masculine. The most masculine thing you can do is to listen to your internal voice and do the things that you want to do and not consider other people's opinions about what you want to do. We're done with our cigars. We're trying to wrap up the year. It's going to be 2023 soon. God bless on uh, 2023, by the way. And let's give some final thoughts on this cigar. We smoked the Palencia Alma Fuerte, which was a Hexpress cigar. And I have to say that I wouldn't say a full third. I would say a quarter of that cigar was truly magical. Truly magical. Yes. Uh, good it was, throughout. It was great good throughout. throughout. Good, 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 or great, yeah. good to great throughout. But a quarter was magic. Yes. Whereas uh, uh, the uh, moon trance is magical throughout. It's more and, and, and because the, of the price. Yes, I mean, and, it's the, like and the price point. Stick. So it's like yeah. a different. Uh, but this one, I think, like of all of the cigars we smoked, this one's been very fucking consistent. It was consistent, very smooth for half, and then for about a, the next quarter. That was magic. It was yeah. so, so good. And then it became consistent and good again. Yes. But there was a portion of it where it was just yeah. peak. Uh, this is something where if you want to splurge, it's a good... This is not a bad choice. This yeah, is a, a good, good choice. a splurge stick. Yeah, this is a splurge stick, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And it's uh, worth the money, I would say. I would say so. Once uh, once or twice a year. I had, no, know, I had like only that. smoked it once before, and I had no qualms about making this our finale splurge stick. This was a Nate... Uh, purchase and suggestion. So uh, you know it's going to be good. Yep. And uh, Mike's going to edit this episode in uh, Retribution. So yeah. Oh we'll yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah, know, uh, that, that'd be a terrible choice. That'd be a terrible choice. We'd have uh, many anime songs, I'm sure. Yeah. So and maybe that's what would drive you to continue in season two. But we right. look forward to seeing you in season two. And uh, uh, I thought in my mind. A great ending for season one would be season one is dead. Long live season two. Be safe. Have fun. Have fun.